We're just glad you're with us. A um, couple announcements to get, get us started out today. Um, so uh, don't forget about our Wednesday night services here, our Bible study for our adults are in here. Our uh, youth and children's programs are out in the building. Uh, we would love to have you for that at 6.30 on uh, Wednesday nights. Um, this Friday night, um, down at the creek, I'm going to have a, uh, like a bonfire for the youth from 6 to 9. We're going to do uh, roast some hot dogs over the fire, have stuff for s'mores. The only thing I ask that I, I'm going to ask the kids to bring, if they want to bring a drink or some chips to share, and I'll make sure the hot dogs and the stuff for the s'mores are there. It's from 6 to 9. I told them to bring a football, uh, whatever they want to do to hang out down there, just to spend some time and hang out and kick off the summer together. Uh, Thursday night here at uh, 6 o'clock, we'll have a men's work day. That's considering if it doesn't rain. We got lucky last week, and it did not rain. We're in that time of the year where it's... Uh, where it's a thunderstorm season. Um, next Sunday is our Father's Day service here. Don't forget that. Also, um, there are some other things in the bulletin. We got BBS coming up June the 26th through the 29th. Um, I've put our banner up. I've got it out there on Facebook. Uh, I think I'm being waved down by joy. I'm not really sure what's going on. At what time? She's listening. She's looking to see what she put in there. Six thirty Thursday night, Sandra Green's house, uh, WMU WMU meeting. Um, also. There is, it says in here, announcement, it says there is a breakfast on July 2nd. Well, there is not a breakfast on July 2nd. So keep that in mind because it's 4th of July weekend. And um, next Friday, which there will be an announcement next week, but next Friday um, I'm going to take the kids to the Shield Museum in uh, Gastonia. We'll meet at the church at 12, but I'll give you more information about that over the week to come if you have kids in next week. But right now, I just invite you to, let's turn to God and focus our attention on Him this morning. Good morning. I hope everybody's doing all right. And we are here today to worship our Savior, but also celebrate 29 years as a church today. So thank you for being here uh, to help us with that celebration. But I uh, do need to make you aware of, of two very important prayer requests that we have right now. Um, the first is that uh, Rick and I leave Reeves' foster son, and I forgot his name. I didn't. Elliot Bloom. Elliot Bloom is having an open heart surgery Thursday, so please be in prayer for him. Also, um, I got a call from Donna Stowe yesterday. Donna and Rick have been able to come for the last three weeks. First time they've been able to come since pandemic hit, but uh, they were here the last three weeks. But Donna's been having issues with her, her blood and having to have blood transfusions. The doctor thinks that he ha may have it narrowed down to exactly what's going on. She does have a, a, sen uh, 
I can't pronounce it, but some kind of issue with her blood. The downside is, is it may, it may possibly be leukemia. So she is asking us to pray. The doctor has told her that she cannot be around anybody. So uh, she is at home this morning with Rick. But what I'm asking you to do, just like we did last week when we surrounded little Everly, I'm going to ask you, Donna can't be here, but I'm going to ask anybody that is able and willing to come forward and just kneel at this altar as we pray for Donna this morning as we open up our service and for Elliot as we open up our service this morning. If you would come now to the altar. If you can, Neil, if you can't, just stand there or have a seat on the front row. That's fine. And please join me in prayer at this time. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you again gathered around this altar area and in this sanctuary. And dear Lord, I know we're being joined by those that are watching online and we come to you humbly in prayer. Dear Lord, first of all, thanking you for who you are, for being the God of salvation, but dear Lord, also for being our ultimate physician. And dear Lord, we right now, we lift up Elliot to you as he is facing open heart surgery. Dear Lord, Rick has told me that this is because of, of habits as he's had in his life and, and the doctor has warned him and warned him. But dear Lord, we lift him to you. Because even in that, we see a miracle because the doctor said that if he had not came in when he came in, that he would be dead by now. So we thank you for that. We thank you for, for the fact that the doctors were able to notice and, and, and deal with what's going on, and we lift him to you as he is facing open-heart surgery. I pray for Rick and Eileen as they wait and they, they, they care about their son, that you would just bless them, fill them with your strength and your peace. But dear Lord... Use this as an opportunity to draw Elliot closer to you. And dear Lord, I also lift up Rick and Donna Reed, or, or Donna Stowe to you today. Dear Lord, I know their faith is in you as their Savior. And as I prayed with them yesterday, I pray again today that you would use this situation as a way that their light and their faith can shine among those that are working with her. Dear Lord, there is some uncertainty as exactly what's going on. But I do know, dear Lord, that she is going to be going through transfusions and treatments that are not going to be easy to deal with. And I ask you to strengthen her body. Dear Lord, I ask you to, to strengthen Rick as he is, has been the one that has been having the health issues. But now it is Donna that is having the issue that you would strengthen him so that he can stand beside her. Again, I thank you for their faith. Their faith that says, will my church family pray for me? Because at this point, God's the only one that can do anything. 
And dear Lord, I ask you right now that you heal her. That you let her touch the hem of your garment and be made whole. But dear Lord, regardless of your will, whatever it is that you want to do, we will praise your name. We will praise you, whether you choose to heal her or that you allow her to be your witness in her days to come. We will praise your name regardless. And as we have gathered together today to celebrate 29 years of, of being a church, dear Lord, we praise you for that. And dear Lord, we praise you for what you are still doing in our midst. And we ask this morning that your spirit fills this place that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are here and that we are in the presence of God. Dear Lord, open our ears and our hearts as we worship you this morning that we may hear from you and our lives be changed. And above all, dear Lord, if there is someone here or listening online that does not know you as their Savior, that your spirit will convict them today and they would not leave this place or they would not end this service without reaching out to somebody to, uh, to find out how they can come to know you as their Savior. Bless this time that we have as we worship you. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we all sing our hymn 426, Victory in Jesus, and we'll sing all three verses, 426. I've heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he came his life from Calvary to save a precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me Blind to see, and then I. 
Right now, it is a time in our service where we set aside a time of remembrance. If you see this table, this table is set up with seven frames, and inside those frames are names of members that have gone on to be with the Lord since the beginning of our church 29 years ago. The big white candle is lit in remembrance of all of them that have gained that final victory and are now sitting praising Jesus Christ forevermore. Well, this year, since last homecoming, we've had three of our members that have gone on to go to be with the Lord and have gained their final victory. And as I read their name, their family or designated people are going to come and light one of the small candles. The first is Bruce Bridges, who died on October 14th, 2021.
And then we have Beatrice Blanton, one of our charter members that passed away on January 16th, 2022. And then we have Evelyn Bridges, who passed away on March 13th, 2022. Please join me in prayer. Blessed Heavenly Father, we know that by the lighting of these candles, there is nothing spiritual or supernatural about it. But dear Lord, it is a way of us remembering those who served and have gone on to be with the Lord. Dear Lord, we thank you for their legacies that they left. And we pray for the families of Bruce and, and, and Miss B and Evelyn as they can, are continuing on in their absence. Dear Lord, please, Help us to be such servants that we will leave the same type of legacy. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. memories unseen angels sent from somewhere to my soul how they Somewhere, 
secret scenes unfold as I travel on life's pathways. No. Susie and Teddy, but 
our action and the way we treat people and the way we care about people and the things we do should be completely different. And we're going to talk about that a lot more in children's church, but I want to show you a Bible verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So according to this Bible verse, if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and we've accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, all the old things of our life, all of our bad habits, all those things need to be stripped away and gone and filled with things that glorify God, right? And so we're going to talk about some more of those things here in a little bit. But right now, I want to, I want to pray, okay? Let's bow our heads. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for loving us the way you do. Lord, I'm so thankful that when we come to a relationship with you, that we can be made new again and redone from the inside out. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And I'm just so grateful for all of this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, guys, let's sit over here because we're going to go out this door today. Today, we are especially thanking God for 29 years of Crestview Baptist Church. Now, when we think of Crestview, we think of Jesus Christ. And we give thanks for all the blessings he has blessed us with over these 29 years. We remember the growth, the changes, the baptisms, vacation Bible schools, all the meals, the Lottie Moon auctions, and a lot of work. But we also remember that we've had members gathering around just like we did this morning and praying most of us have ha had to ask our church to pray for us. But what we remember more than anything is the work of Jesus in our lives. And for that, we give him praise. And we thank you, Jesus, for Crestview Baptist Church, which is you. You are Crestview. Stop and give you 
I do have to say something. I want to thank you guys for not doing to me what little Peyton did to Chad. I have to say that I have never preached a sermon and had somebody just look at me in the face and go, <laughs> that was hilarious. And I don't know what was more funny, what he did or Chad's reaction, because Chad's eyes, I don't know if you guys can see, but his eyes got huge. He just stared at him. So thank you for not doing that. I don't know if I could have handled it. If, uh, if, if, if Whitey looked at me and went, <laughs> but, you know, it's always good to be able to, to laugh with God's family. It, it is always good. It's also good to cry sometimes with God's family. And homecoming is a time where we remember the past. Remembering what we've done in the past. Remembering people that have gone on. And remembering what God has done. So for a homecoming message, you may look at the title of this sermon, Forgetting the Past, and you're like, wait a second. We just f finished the first part of the service remembering everything from the past. And now you're going to preach about forgetting the past. But I promise you, if you... Just hang on. You will understand what the title of the message means. So if you would turn in your Bible to Philippians chapter 3, we're going to look at two verses. Verses 13 and 14. And if you would stand in reverence to the reading of God's Word, as I read this, if you don't have your Bible, it will be on screen, as well as online. So this is what, he, what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our blessed Lord and Savior, we come before You, bowing once again before Your throne. We thank You for what the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Philippi. And I thank You for how we can apply it to our lives today. Bless the reading of your word. Speak through me today. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> well, the first part I want, point I want to make is that Paul says very clearly that he has not reached the goal. He has not obtained his goal yet. Philippians 3 13a, the first part, he says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. Paul knew that regardless of what he had accomplished, 
all the ministry victories, all the ministry failures, everything that had happened in his life so far, it had not, he had not reached his final goal. But this little three-letter word, yet, is a very loaded word. You notice how he says that. He says, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. We cannot forget that little three-letter word yet. It is full, it, that little word yet, it is full of hope, faith, commitment, conviction, and determination. That little three-letter word makes the whole, the, all the difference in this verse. Because what Paul is saying is, I've not reached it yet but I will. That is the hope. That is the faith. That is the determination that we have through Jesus Christ. We've not reached it, but we're going to. We cannot forget that. And then Paul shares how he knows he's going to reach this, his goal. How he's going to attain the goal. Paul shares with us how he's going to do that. Philippians 3.13b, the second part of that verse, he tells us, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. There's two things here that he says, I know I'm going to reach the goal because of these two things. One, forget the past. The Greek word translating forgetting what is behind Forgetting means dismissing from the mind or paying no attention to. It does not mean never remembering again. What he is telling us here is Paul is literally saying, don't look back. Stop dwelling on the past. Don't let anything behind you interfere with your present progress or future efforts. It doesn't matter about our future or our past victories, our past failures, our past mistakes, in the past when we got it right. It doesn't matter. We can remember those things, but if we dwell on those things, that's when it becomes a problem. It doesn't matter if we're dwelling on our mistakes or dwelling on our victories. Notice the, the, the screen. There's a rearview mirror. Now I have a very important question to, for you. Can you drive forward in a straight line if you're always looking in that rearview mirror and focused on what's behind you? No. Now another important question. This doesn't happen much nowadays. Most of the time that there's a wreck, it's because of a cell phone people paying attention to the phone instead of paying attention to what they're supposed to be doing. But back in my day, and, and even when my children were younger, I would be driving forward. Now listen, this is talking about when I was growing up, my mom and dad had a Toyota Tercel. Okay? Thing got like 40-something miles a gallon, so we went everywhere in that car. And that's back when gas was in the 70s. You know, 79 cents or something like that. Okay, a long time ago. I was 18 years old, 200 pounds. The last vacation I ever went on with my parents. Okay? 
18 years old, 200 pounds, depending on if it was on football season, it was 220 during football, uh, according to the coaches. Okay. Uh, yeah, according to the coaches, I was 6'4 and, two, and 220 pounds, but I wasn't. Um, there's four of us. I'm the oldest. Me, my brother, my sister, we're all in the back seat of that Toyota Tercel. My baby brother, depending on which group got tired of him, was going back and forth between the front seat and the back seat. Going between my mom and us in the back seat until we screamed loud enough. But we got in that Toyota Tercel in Winter Garden, Florida, and we drove to St. Charles, Virginia, Twelve and a half hours we drove in that little that car. When we started getting rambunctious in the back seat, what do you think my dad, who was driving, did? He would reach around and start swinging for whatever he could hit. If we were really bad... He would turn that turn signal on, pull over to the median. If you did that, you might as well pray for Jesus to come because you were going to die. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. If your parents pulled over on the side of the road, you knew you were in for it. But when he reached back, and even when my kids are little, and they would sit there and I'd tell them to stop and they wouldn't, I'd turn around, and as soon as I turned around and started focusing on the back seat, what did I do? started going over into the other lane. That's what Paul's telling us here. We can't focus on what's behind us because we can't pay attention to where we're going. And we're not going to get there straight. We're going to end up in a ditch. Or we're going to cause a problem because we're going to cause a wreck. That's what Paul's telling us. He's not telling us not to remember, not to think about people, but it's, it's letting go of the past. Don't rest there. Don't focus there. Just because we did something one time doesn't mean that we can, we can still count on that. That's what he's saying. That's what the title of the message means. Forgetting the past. But that's, not, that's just only one step in reaching his goal. The second one is this. Reach forward. This Greek word, please don't ask me to pronounce it because I can't. It's translated, it, reaching, it means implying it's to stretch to grab hold of something. Get the picture. Paul's using the, using the example of, of a race. And, and you guys have watched the Olympics. And you know some of these, these foot races that they have, the sprints and things. These people give everything they've got for one purpose, to reach the finish line. And if they're close to reaching that line, what do they do? Don't ask me to do it because I'll fall forward. But they reach and they strain to, to reach that goal, to reach that line first. Sometimes they'll throw their chest out and, and, and try to lean forward. Sometimes they fall, they're leaning so forward, fall forward to, to reach across that line. But they strain with everything they've got, they reach toward that goal that's in front of them, not behind them. 
You guys think about this. Even in the, the races where they have to pass the batons to each other. When the one person in one leg has got the, the baton and they're running and they're giving it all, they, when they get up to hand that baton off to the next in the relay race, they, they reach the... Both poop people are doing what? Is the one person that's getting ready to get the baton, are they standing still looking backwards? Are they turned around facing this guy like this? Are they? What are they? They're running this way and they're reaching back like this and the person that's got the baton is doing what? Stretching out with everything they've got to pass on the baton to the next person. And that person is already moving. Matching the speed of the person that's coming so that they can pass off and keep going. Church, that's what we got to do. These people that have gone on, they've passed the baton to us and we've got to keep pushing forward, reaching, striving to, to reach the goal. We can't rest in what has been in the past. We have to push forward. Always reaching forward. Paul says it's not going to be easy, but it's going to take us making the effort to move ourselves forward, to press ourselves forward. And then Paul says, press on. In verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. With the faith that's in that word yet, with that faith, Paul realized that he was going to make it. So did he slow down? Did he quit when, he was, when the end was in sight? No, he pressed on. And that's what we have to do. We have to press on. So what is this goal? What is this finish line? It's the fulfillment of our God-given mission. That's what it is. It's the fulfillment of of our God-given mission. Look at this, that, that part of 14 again. Or excuse me, what is the prize once we reach the goal, once we complete that mission that God has given us? What's the prize? Paul tells us that. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Being called home. Our salvation being made complete. That is what the prize is. These people that are represented by their names on these plaques, they have received their prize. Their salvation has been made complete. They are standing in front of Jesus Christ. They are kneeling at His throne. Singing forevermore. And trust me, some of these people couldn't sing in life but they're singing with the perfect voice right now. Their body has been made whole. They are no longer suffering. I always said, Bruce has got two legs now. He has been made perfect. Miss B can hear. Melinda doesn't have cancer. JC's not hurting from arthritis or anything else. 
And I guarantee you this, JC's not looking at the clock wondering when it's going to be lunchtime. He's been made whole. He doesn't need anything. They have received the prize. That is what we're pushing for, people. Is to reach that goal so that we can attain the prize of the upward calling of Jesus Christ. That when we are called home, we are made complete. We are made complete. And I'm telling you something else. Don Kahn, I always called him Elvis. Or I actually, I called him Johnny Cash because he sounded more like Johnny Cash. But he was the man in black. When he'd get decked out in his black, I'd call him Johnny Cash. And I can imagine, he's singing bass up there in that choir right now, Maria and, and, and Mimi. He's singing bass. And David's backing him up. Can you imagine the two of those cons together? Don always asked me, do you think you'll ever amount to anything as good as a con? And I, I, I could, I, I've always wanted to ask him, well, can you imagine amounting to anything better than a con? He is now. Because he's a child of the king. That surpasses anything that we have here. He has reached that prize. So what does this mean for us here at Crestview Baptist Church? What does it mean to us today? How can we apply what Paul is writing about here to us in our church, as a church family. Well, the first thing is that we have to do, and, and please understand where I'm coming from, we have to stop dwelling on our past. We have to stop dwelling on our mistakes, our failures, our losses, our gains, our victories, and our successes. All of it. You know, as I was looking up and looking in commentaries about this passage, one of the things it kept saying is that Paul's saying that we can't let past mistakes define our future. Well, I want to tell you something. Sometimes our successes are just as dangerous dwelling on them than it is our mistakes. Mistakes are a great educator. When we make a mistake, we realize what we've done wrong and we, we try not to make that mistake again. But sometimes when we're successful in one situation, we rest in that and we just stand still. Say, I'm going to sit here for a while. Look what we did. 30 years later, look what we did back then 30 years ago. Not done anything lately. Do you guys get what I'm saying? We have to forget about that stuff. God is sitting there going, what are you doing for me now? In fact, in Revelation, John records that, that Jesus says to, to one church, I have this against you. They've done great. They were a great church. But I have this one thing against you, that you forgot your first love. You forgot why you are. What's your purpose you forgot what you were called to do. Church, I don't want us to forget what we've been called to do because we're too busy looking at our, our past. Many people say and think, I mean, I hear this all the time. We went through a really tough 18 months. By all accounts, it was a rough 18 months we went through. I 
A lot of people left during those 18 months. We got to the point where we are financially unstable, that we didn't know if we were going to meet, be able to meet our bills. You guys, those of you that were here, you remember that time? There was a lot of fighting going on during that time. People say that was the worst time in our church history. I'm going to tell you this. It wasn't. Because even though we were struggling, God was still working. Listen, during that time, even though we were struggling financially, what did we do during that time? Think about it. What did we do? We paid off our mortgage. We became debt-free. There is no possible way, no worldly way, no, it defies reason that we could not figure out how to keep our bills paid that we didn't know. Now, we always paid them, but we didn't know from week to week if we were going to have enough money to pay our bills. But we paid off our building. We weren't meeting budget. People were leaving left and right. But we paid off our, our mortgage. That's a God thing. Only God could have done that. Because we couldn't do it. But God made it possible. And we did it. God made people uncomfortable where they were until they were willing to get out of their comfort zone and do what God was asking them to do. Namely me. I was comfortable being a youth pastor. But I wasn't where God wanted me. And it was during that 18 months I realized I had to step up and do what God was telling me to do. And it didn't matter if it was going to stay, be staying here at Crestview or going to Alaska. I was going to do what God called me to do. I wouldn't have been able to do that without having gone through those 18 months. But we can't dwell on those 18 months. We can't dwell on, on seeing pictures of this church packed to the gills. We can't dwell on, on, on us being able to go and do things. We have to forget about those things. Not dwell on those and move forward because God's still got a job for us to do. The calling on this church is the same as it's always been, and that is to make more disciples. That call has never left us. And then the second thing that we need to do is we need to press forward in discipleship, evangelism, outreach, and missions. If you look at our books, and you look, and if you, if you took a snapshot at our financial situation, it could become very discouraging. But Ann has told me from the very beginning, and Jim says the same thing, God always ends up giving us exactly what we need to have to finish the month out and not be in the red. Always. He never fails. He always gives us what we need. Ann told me one time, she says, you know, I go into the last Sunday of the month knowing exactly how much we need to have to meet budget. And she says, without fail, 
our last Sunday offering is almost to the dime exactly how much we need. It's never less and it's not very much more. But it's always enough. Church, that's a God thing. And that tells us that God is being faithful. That God is going to continue to be faithful. But we need to, to, to get out of the way that Baptists always do things. And stop worrying about numbers. And, stop, and start worrying about our mission. And we have been called to make disciples. So we have to disciple. Right now, we've got two groups. One ladies group and one's men's group that's going through discipleship. Three people in each group. When we finish that, those three people are going to go out and get two more people to make groups of three again. So we'll go from six to 18. Two groups of nine. And then after they finish, we'll have 52. 18 groups of three. Building disciples among us. <clears throat> the Great Commission is not go and get people saved and baptized. That's not the Great Commission. It says go out and make disciples. So we are going to start making disciples in our church. We have to be able to evangelize. Share our faith. It is not difficult. We, we want to make it difficult. Listen, to share your faith in Jesus Christ, you do not have to write a dissertation for your PhD. All you have to say is, this is what my life was like. This is how I met Jesus, and this is what my life's like after Jesus. That's all you've got. That's sharing your faith. That's evangelizing coming alongside of somebody and doing life with them and letting your life impact their lives and sharing the love of Christ with them. It's not difficult, but we've got to start doing that. We have to start outreaching, getting outside of these four walls, being involved in our communities any way we can, feeding the homeless, um, passing out water, being in the parades. We've got to do those things. Just being in our community. Being who we are outside these walls. And then we have to do missions. You guys realize how long it's been? I think the last group that went on mission from our church was uh, either to go to Russia, Joy, or she's probably out there preparing, but or going to Hawaii with mail, or going to Nicaragua, that Nicaragua may be the last one. Going to Nicaragua with David and Nancy. Church, I'll be honest with you. Most of the time, and, and we get notifications. You know, there's, there's a group from our association going to Indiana. We've been asked to participate in different things. But it's always the same thing. It's, it's financial. People can't afford to go. But our church, every mission offering that we've taken up from 
North Carolina missions, Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, we have always surpassed our goal in giving. So what I'm challenging you to do as a church is this, is that, that we set aside funds, designated funds. Jim, setting up, and, and, and J- Jimmy, setting up a, a designated fund that people can give to, to for missions, local missions, our missions, so that when somebody comes and says, hey, I want to go to Nicaragua, that we're able to help them pay for it. That if somebody says, hey, I want to go with hands-on missions and I want to go to, to the, to the, up to the Appalachian Trail and, and, and minister there, or I want to go to, to, with Baptist men and go here, is that we pay for that and send missionaries out. God is calling us to be a sending church and hopefully get to the position where that is just something, that's who we are. We're a mission-minded sending church and eventually sending people out to build more churches. Start churches. That's what our future is. You know, I was hearing a missionary talk that, that their sending church was a church that had 30 members but they had started countless other churches and were supporting countless missionaries out of 30 people because they bought into the idea that they had to be a sending church. That it was their responsibility as as those 30 people as a church to answer God's call, to to go out into the highways and byways and, and, and do mission work. It is our responsibility. And as a church, I am challenging us that in the next coming years is that we become ascending church, that we don't rest on what we've done in the past, but we keep pushing forward to answer that call, to reach our goal, so that when we meet Jesus, He will look at us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That is our, my goal. That is our goal as a church, is that we answer that call. That we put our money where our mouth is and we get up off of our pews and we start going out and doing these things. Making disciples. Being His witnesses. And we have to start that here. So that's my challenge. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to understand anything that I'm talking about. It's not going to make sense to you. So I would offer this invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I ask you to come talk to me. If I'm not able to talk to you, there's there's other people here that are willing to talk to you and tell you how to become a Christian, how to accept Christ as your Savior. If you are a Christian and you're not doing what God is calling you to do, this is your time to come and answer that call. Commit to doing what God is telling you to do. If God's saying, hey, I want you to give money so some people here can go on mission work, write a check, stick it in the box. Put it in the memo line. Crestview Missions. And we'll start collecting money to send people out on the mission field from our church. Whatever it is God is calling you to do, 
Take care of it right now. Don't wait. Do it. As we sing this song, what is God telling you to do? Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 290, I am thine, O Lord, 290. I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it told my love to being here with us today please don't forget we do have a meal in the fellowship hall you are all welcome to come it doesn't matter if you brought anything remember i told you that's the one time i'm going to do the same thing that that little peyton did don't tell me that you didn't bring anything so you're not going to stay <laughs> stay enjoy fellowship have a good time help us celebrate 29 years of what we have become as a church and then 29 more years of what we're going to do for God. Help us celebrate today. Don't forget, VBS coming up. Let me tell you, incredible outreach opportunity. Right here in our house. We don't have to go anywhere. Right here, reaching our community. So uh, be in prayer for that. Also, don't forget Bible study coming up this Wednesday, 6.30 here in the sanctuary and 6.30 out in the building for youth and children. And uh, as we dismiss, please remember, senior adults first. Senior adults first. So allow them to, to exit after our Deacon of the Week, Jim Kinder, comes and dismisses us in prayer uh, and blesses our food, Jim. Can you bless our food also? Okay. So uh, when he finished, just make your way to the fellowship hall, but allow senior adults to go first. Thank you. Jim, if you would dismiss us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you again thank you for many things this morning. Uh, thank you for the, the beautiful morning we have. All creation praises you and demonstrates your power and glory. And thank you from all of us for another opportunity to worship here in this place that you've made possible. For having your spirit inspire the founders here to form this church and also for motivating them to take the initiative to make it a reality. And for all those people
people all, all through the years who've paid it forward. And looking at the slides that we saw of all the pictures of, of things that have happened over the years, it's just a, it's overwhelming. It's a, it's just a small glimpse of all that's happened over the years. And uh, it's been a, a full 29 years. And uh, help us all here to continue to pay it forward and to keep driving in a straight line forward. And we have opportunities to do that coming up right now. Now that school's out, we uh, tend to maybe sit back and relax and coast a little bit, but we have opportunities coming up in, uh, uh, in committees being uh, populated that people are rotating off at the end of their terms, and we have many committees in the church to do work and fulfill our mission. And uh, deacon elections coming up in the next several weeks. And also, please be with Chad and all the volunteers and all the kids for the Vacation Bible School and uh, to, have, to have them have a good program for all the kids to learn and learn more about Jesus. And uh, it's, of course, in his name that we pray. And uh, now as we go out and uh, have lunch and fellowship, please uh, bless our time together, bless our food, and um, help us all to remember to give you all the glory for all of it. <laughs>